Hey, and welcome back to the VFit Podcast. My name is Vanessa, and I am so happy you're here because this conversation today is a biggie. It's super important, and I've been dying to talk about this. I was supposed to record this episode yesterday, but the day ended up being super busy, never got round to it, and so now I'm sat here with dripping wet hair, and I just wanna get this out because it's so important. Now, you might have guessed by the title that we're talking about disordered eating and how to spot disordered eating patterns. You might think that this doesn't relate to you, but I know that there are so many women that when I go through the seven signs of disordered eating, you'll be nodding along. It's far more um, common than what we probably give it credit for or think. And that's because disordered eating is something that creeps up on us over time. And I'm gonna get into that in a minute. So why is it a super important conversation to be had? The reason for this is because it has huge impacts on our physical and our mental health. Physically, disordered eating can lead to obesity, and obesity can obviously then lead to other diseases like heart diseases, diabetes, cancers. It can impact our bone health. It can also mess up our hormones. And mentally, it can lead to anxiety and depression. All of those things then filter out into other areas of our life. So it's not like it's contained to our health and fitness. It can spill into our work, into our relationships. And so, it has a huge impact. And this is why I really wanted to talk about this today. I wanna to get this conversation started and raise more awareness around disordered eating. Now, I have struggled with disordered eating myself. Now, when I'd said that there are seven signs, I have literally displayed symptoms of all seven signs. And I will go through those in a minute. But first of all, shall we talk about what disordered eating is? Because I just want to clear that up before we get into it. Now, disordered eating is not having an eating disorder. Disordered eating is having a poor relationship around nutrition, but it also stems into exercise and body image as well. All three kind of intertwine with each other. So it's basically bringing all of our old baggage from the moment we started playing around with food, experimenting with different diets and bringing it all in. Because over that time, we would have developed beliefs around nutrition, exercise and our body. So I'm going to give you an example so you, that really kind of hits you. When I was 16, I joined a gym and I wanted to look like my older sister who was a lean bean and she looked great. And I was like, you know what? I'm sick of looking like really muscly and athletic. I wanna look like her, right? So I started working out. Now, I started doing cardio, so just running lots and limiting my calorie intake. And the aim of the game was to make sure that I ate less or as much as the energy I was expending working out. So you know on the treadmills there'll be, you've burnt so many calories, I wouldn't stop until that calorie number hit how many calories I hit I had eaten that day. And so I think it was around like 1,200 calories. Do you know how long that actually takes to run or burn that amount of calories? 
a freaking long time. And so I would be in the gym for one to two hours a day, sweating it out, trying to burn that calorie. Um, but the thing is, it's not sustainable, right? And so whenever we embark on a really extreme diet or extreme exercise regime, we'll do it, we'll see results for a week, maybe 12 weeks, and then what will happen is we won't be able to sustain it for one reason or the other, and we'll revert right back to our old habits, our old exercise patterns, and then inevitably gain the weight back. Now, what that does is it reaffirms that, oh, calories are bad. You need to make sure that you expend all your calories because when I was doing well and seeing results, I was eating less. And then the moment I couldn't sustain it and ate more, all the weight came back. So that reaffirms the belief that calories are bad. So have a think. Was there a time when you were dieting where you saw results, which then motivates you, because when we see results, we're like, oh, I'm just gonna keep doing this, this is amazing. But it was done in such a way which wasn't sustainable. Now that could be things like an Atkins diet, removing carbohydrates, not having gluten, sugar-free, no fat, uh, the cabbage soup diet, super low calories, right? All of these things are kind of extremes and a little bit gimmicky. And then what happens is you can't sustain it. You revert exactly back to how you used to eat and how you used to move. And then the weight comes back on. And then you think, oh, all right, I'll just get back on that diet because that's what worked last time. And then we'll go again. And so what happens is you end up being in this like hamster wheel of yo-yo dieting, restricting, binging, restrict binge. And then we just reaffirm those beliefs that we think about food. Okay. So that's a kind of an example of what, um, you know, how we develop our disordered eating. And like I say, it doesn't just happen overnight. It's, it's something that happens over time. And we can develop these beliefs because, you know, we're trying different um, diets out, we're experimenting on ourselves, we may be watching influencers um, on social media, we may be um, part of a diet club, we may have hired a coach, and so sometimes someone else's beliefs become our beliefs as well. If so, and if, oh, get my teeth in. If an influencer says, oh, well, I don't have carbs, you may be like, well, she looks fantastic. I'm not going to eat carbs. And so you don't eat carbs. You see great results because when we don't eat carbs, we shed water weight. Um, That motivates you, but it's not sustainable because who never wants to eat cake again? You eat cake, you then go back to eating uh, the old way that you used to and the weight comes back on. It reaffirms that carbs are bad. Oh, she must have been right. No, absolutely not. Okay, so that gives you an example of how we develop these um, unhealthy eating habits, um, a disordered eating. So let's talk about the seven signs. Let's get straight into that now. And, and let me know how many of these you resonate with, okay? How many land on various different degrees? So number one, frequent dieting. If you're somebody who is always on a diet, whether you start, stop, start, stop, um, that would be considered not having a healthy relationship with food. Because if you did, you wouldn't need to be on a diet because you would just live a healthy lifestyle. So if you're somebody who's constantly dieting, 
that could be a sign that you have a disordered eating pattern. Because if you would, if you didn't, if your relationship with nutrition was healthy, there would be no need for that diet. On top of that, having a fear or anxiety around certain foods. Like I mentioned, you may start labeling foods like carbs, fats, sugar, gluten as bad and have anxiety around these when you know, you're thinking about eating them or you eat them and you feel guilty. So that is another sign of um, having disordered eating. So number two, having large weight fluctuations. Now this is classic for people who, like I said, diet frequently and fall into the yo-yo dieter um, band. So when you are all in and you're doing amazing, the weight is coming off you, you're seeing results and you're getting leaner, you're dropping dress sizes, the number on the scales is going down, but then it's not sustainable. You start reverting back to your old eating habits and patterns and exercise and activity patterns, and then the weight comes back on, right? Large fluctuations. Number three, strict rituals around food. So if you're somebody who is super strict around nutrition, whether that be planning um, every morsel of food that goes into your mouth and putting it into a digital app just so you can track it, whether that be having a morning routine around nutrition and not deviating from that, whether that you believe that you can't eat food after six o'clock, do you have strict rituals around food? Now, this also goes for getting stressed when you're unable to do a workout. So let's just say you've had a workout planned, whether it be for the morning or for the evening or the weekend. Life happens, kids get sick, husband's booked a surprise meal out, and now you can't um, go work out. How does that make you feel? Do you start panicking? Be like, oh my gosh, when am I going to fit this workout in? Oh my gosh, I don't want to miss my workout. That would be having a strict ritual around food, which should be classed as not necessarily having the healthiest relationship around exercise. Okay, so number four, feelings of guilt or shame around eating certain foods. Now, again, this goes into your beliefs around food, where you've labeled certain foods bad, whether that be carbohydrates, fats, gluten, um, or calories, whatever it is that you've done. When you eventually have that food again, because you will, does it make you feel bad? Do you feel like you failed? Do you feel guilty, shame? And then when you feel those feelings, do you then start to course correct or justify it to yourself? Uh, just to make sure that you don't feel shame or guilt around that. So that could look like, oh, I'll fast tomorrow. It's okay. I've had a piece of cake today. I won't have anything to eat tomorrow. Or, oh my gosh, I've eaten so many calories tomorrow. I'm just going to eat this salad or whatever it is. Or justifying it would look like, well, that's okay. I've been really, really good. This one thing won't help and I'll just be really, really good tomorrow, right? So you're trying to make it okay because you don't like feeling guilty or having that shame around the foods that you've just eaten. Number five is preoccupation with food 
exercise and body image. So what that means is having those constant thoughts around those three things. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're always, always thinking about it. It could just be background noise or it could be that those three things are the deciding factor of other things that happen in your life. So for example, if somebody's saying to you, oh, do you want to go out for lunch with me? And you'll sit there and you'll be thinking about it. Oh my gosh, I've got to go out for lunch. Oh my gosh, I don't know what the menu is. Oh, I was going to eat this for lunch and now I don't know. And you're constantly thinking about it. Or it could be that you're sat there thinking about when you can eat next that you're blooming starving, you just want to eat, or you're suppressing cravings. So you're thinking, oh, I just, you know, think about not eating a chocolate bar or whatever it is. Or you're planning your nutrition, or you're thinking about the next workout. It's like there's constant thoughts around exercise, nutrition, and your body image as well. Number six would be a feeling of loss of control around food. Excuse me. Now, this is a big one for anyone who is on a strict diet because you can get really, um, oh, what's the word? Not strict. Oh, I struggle this. Addicted, I suppose. If you have an addictive personality, you see results, it makes you want to do it more, right? So a feeling of loss of control around food would be like your husband trying to surprise you with an evening meal or somebody suggesting a takeaway or the day just not going to plan and now you're having to wing it. That feeling of not being in control can make you feel very anxious um, and you know you might end up, you know, the, the, the behaviours that come out of that may be... Um, you know, moody, so your mood might shift, anxiety, or it could put you into that all or nothing mentality. So, you know, when people have control, they're all in on their goal, they're dieting, they're hitting the workout, but then when they lose control, it sends them into a bit of a spin and then they swing the other way. And it's like, oh, sod it. I'm gonna chuck it in the fuck it bucket and I'm just not going to worry about it and binge on chocolate today. Tomorrow, I'll crack on right? So that all or nothing mentality. Number seven is using exercise or fasting as a way to make up for overeating. So have you ever um, overeaten or had that chocolate cake and then thought, damn it, you know what, what I'll do is I will just have an extra hour on the cardio machine or I'm going to go for a longer walk or I'm just not going to eat anything tomorrow, or skip breakfast, or do this, or do that. That is um, using exercise and fasting as a way to punish yourself for overeating, and it's not a healthy relationship with food. So how many of those seven signs did you resonate with? How many were you nodding along and going, yes, I've definitely been there, I've done that, I hear you. So for me, it was all seven. Like when I was in the thick of it, I was literally a walking mess. (laughs) And I'm not even joking. I think um, around the age of 35, even though on the outside looking at me, I was the picture of a fitness professional. I was lean. I was, um, you know, helping other women achieve their goals. But internally, 
I just didn't have the best relationship. I didn't have the best relationship with my nutrition, with my body, or with exercise. And I was using them all in the wrong way. I was chasing body goals, um, which was warping my relationship. And I actually remember thinking, oh my gosh, I just want to have a healthy relationship with with nutrition again. I just want to be able to eat and not have guilt and not have shame. I don't want to have these binges. I don't want to uh, feel out of control with food because it was horrible. It was just all-consuming, devastating. And I couldn't ever envisage myself having a normal relationship with food again. Now, obviously... I did in the end. I managed to do the work, the mindset work. And today I'm free and it's very liberating. I don't have any hangups around food. I eat carbs. I have sugars. I don't track my nutrition. I, um, I just live life, but I can do it in a way where it's educated around food. So I know what I'm doing. I know how to sustain it a healthy lifestyle for a long time and I work out for me not to burn calories so it was a learning curve I tell you that it wasn't something that happened overnight and I had to do the mindset work to achieve that so if you have nodded along to one of these seven or maybe all seven and be like yes that was me I've done that I'm doing that I'm struggling with my relationship with food I just want to feel normal with food and and be able to eat it enjoy it but also maintain a healthy body how do I do that if that is you then I am actually dropping a masterclass tomorrow. And this masterclass is going to go into all of the mindset shifts to help you sustain your dream body, whatever that may look like, for life. Not just for an end date of a diet, but how to literally fuel your body with healthy food, work out that makes you feel good, empowers you, and love your body at whatever point you are at, whilst working towards your fitness goals. If you would love to learn how to do that, how to have those mindset shifts, then let me know. Click the link in the description and you can sign up to that masterclass. Even if you're listening to this and it's been a year, that masterclass will still be available to you because it's going to be for life. It's recorded, it's going to be at least a three-parter and I'll be adding to it because I know that there is so much more for this conversation to be had that I want to talk more and go deeper in it probably a few months down the line. So you're going to have lifetime access to this course. So the course, the masterclass is called The Shift. It's a three-parter. It's going to be jam-packed with super valuable information that you can implement straight away and help you have those mindset shifts that you need. Okay, that was it from me today. I hope that's been super useful. I hope that's highlighted some things for you. Disordered eating is way more common than we realise. And I think that you know most women can probably resonate with one or two or more of those points that I made earlier. But the good news is that there is a way to enjoy your nutrition, sustain a healthy body 
and a healthy relationship with food as well. So that's it, me done and dusted. I finally got this conversation out there. If you love this episode, please share it. Let me know in the comments and by all means, leave a review. I'd be super, super grateful. All right, lovelies, enjoy the rest of your week and I will see you guys soon.